Danny. Danny, thank you so much for having me back. And it's a joy to be back. And I believe you put a spell, a good spell, uh, on the journey of Boy Swallows Universe about two years ago. And um, I've never, ever forgotten uh, how kind and generous you were to have me on early on um, when Trent Dalton and the world of uh, literary fiction were, were pretty strange to each other. And uh, I was very touched that you took the time of day and I'm, and it's so cool that you took the time of day again. I feel like I'm part of the Words and Nerds family. You guys are so amazing and lovely and such a family of amazing literary lovers and creators and people who advocate. Oh, thanks so much for your questions engaging with the novel and for everything you're doing. I know the podcast is hugely, hugely loved, so um, you're a gem. I think it's awesome the work that you do you know, we're out there in this pool of, of like how many writers there are in this country and we're all trying to get our book to the surface. Podcasts like this enable us to do that and also to talk about our craft. Danny, you're a gift from heaven. I love that you're such a great supporter and advocate for not only kids' books but adult novels too. I love your interviews across the board. Kudos to you, Danny, for, uh, for getting everyone to relax so much that they open up and tell you such interesting things for the benefit of your listeners. So, well <laughs> Thanks, Jack. Yeah, well That's done. That's so true. Oh my gosh, I just told you all these things that I've never talked about before. I could have edited that bit out. I could do this. And I was just so comfortable that I was like, I'm all this stuff. It's a special knack. Who wouldn't want to celebrate this fabulous podcast? Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. On this podcast, we chat about books, the writing process, and how literature has the power to change the world. I'm your host, Danny V, and today I'm super excited to welcome picture book authors Samaria Rose Lemke, author of Mr. Gets a New Sister, and Dana Fox, author of Ham, Stud, How to Make a Friend in Six Easy Steps and How to Be a Hero in Six Easy Steps out in 2022. Welcome, Samaria and Dana. Hi, everyone. Lovely to be here. It's lovely to finally speak to you. I know I've read your books and seen them everywhere and I thought, oh, I need to squeeze you in before the end of the year. So here we are. (laughs) Now I'm going to, I always hit people with an elevator pitch. So for people who haven't read your books or picked them up yet, uh, Samaria, can you start with Little Mr. Gets a Sister? Absolutely. So uh, Little Mr. Gets a Sister is the story of a new sibling coming into the family, um, told through the eyes of little mister baby number one so um i noticed a lot of the the baby books out there the new sibling books were were really parent focused and education based and you know here's what to expect um and i i found quite often my situations going a little bit more awry (laughs) and what i was reading in a lot of the books okay I've, I've survived my fair share. I'll, I'll write a recount of it and hopefully some families out there can find it a bit more relatable. Mm, that's what it's about, isn't it? Finding yourself in stories. That there's, there's a lot that you encounter through motherhood. There's a lot that you get through. And, and especially when you're introducing that new sibling, it is a can be a daunting dynamic. Yeah, absolutely. I think it changes with the age of the child too, you know, depending on the age of the children. Um, in the age gap and all those different things. So it's a very complex thing. So what was the age gap between your children? Two years almost exactly. It was it was it was fun. That's sort of where the story comes to. Mm. It's you know, there's there is a lot of adjustment. 
but they <laughs> did find their own way through and they do love each other and it's all there. So don't stress too much. <laughs> I was about to say that depends on the day because if I ask my son if he's happy all the time to have a sister, may not always be the same answer. <laughs> now, Dana, your most recent book is Stud. Can you give us an elevator pitch on that one? Uh, Stud is a cane toad and he arrives on Fitbulton Farm, um, much to the horror of the other farm animals who want him to prove that he has a purpose on a farm. So because uh, they're not convinced by this very egomaniac toad that has arrived. And so he sets out to sing and dance and entertain them with all his skills, but he's lacking tremendously in any skills whatsoever. Um, so he fails spectacularly, uh, but he's still, they love how lovable and what a tryhard he is. I, I was thinking, you know, cane toad, it's a hard ass to make them like, well, you go up to Queensland, my dad lives up there and he's not a huge fan of them. <laughs> so I love how you've made the cane toad the hero of your story. So how, Dana, do you make a cane toad likable? Well, it also came from a, a picture book workshop and she was asking us to just write down some animals that aren't in picture books very often and I wrote down cane toad and then she was asking us to also add in names that are quite contradictory or something funny about the, their name as well and and that was years ago and I just sort of had it in the back of my head and then I also grew up around lots of cane toads and I used to have to mow the lawn on a ride on lawn oh no I, just, I, won't, I won't say anything else more than that but <laughs> they just used to look at me like what are you doing on my land it used to just freak me out and so those memories were embedded <laughs> and um but I do I did want to make him lovable I didn't want to make him the pest or or too much anyway yeah. <laughs> I love that hard ass going but I think you've done it a really good job and I love the cover too he looks very very charismatic in his own way I think yeah he definitely is <laughs> Now, you could probably write anything you want. So, Samaria, why picture books? Why did you choose to go into picture books? It was a strange journey for me. I didn't, I've never been a writer. Um, I didn't go and study any sort of degree or anything at uni. I didn't even finish high school. Um, but it just sort of happened. I had kids and I started reading picture books like so many of us do and got swept up in the magic of it all and started having rhymes pop into my head. So I started writing them down eventually when I realised that they weren't going to go away. Um, and I actually wrote a, a poem that I gave to my grandmother and she looked into getting it illustrated for me, which was something that I hadn't even done. So it was after she passed away, I said, right, if she had the faith in me to, to give it a go, then I'd better give it a go to. So that was sort of my story. It wasn't something that I necessarily had dreams of becoming an author, um, but it's something that I'm so grateful that I discovered. Mm, I love that. And I love, um, you know, the faith and the belief that other people have in you that we so often don't have in ourselves. So that's a really nice tribute, I guess, to your grandmother. Very, very much so. Um, mm. I can I can guarantee you I wouldn't have pursued it. I was... Um, terrified as so many <laughs> people are you know when you're putting, putting something out there that you don't know if you're good at you don't know if you're bad at it you're just throwing it out there and waiting to see how it's received it's it's a very daunting process but yeah. for me um it was a very welcoming community it's so supportive there's so much to learn um 
So I, I highly encourage anyone, any mum sitting out there that is sitting on a notebook full of rhymes or anything to just give it a crack and see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. Got nothing to lose, do you? And I love that. I love that you found the magic in picture books as well because they are really magical and I'm not sure we appreciate them until we revisit them when we're parents again and we read them again because they are. There's so much story, meaning, heart, humour in very few words, you know, but with, together with the illustrations, they are a really magical medium, I think. Yeah, some of the, the first books that my son really enjoyed were the Bear series by Nick Bland. Yeah, same. So, <laughs> I remember I, I read them so many times I could memorise them. So we'd be out and they'd be upset or, you know, wanting something. So I would just memorise and, and recite the entire story of Nick Bland's Bear series to make them feel better. together and have a recital sometime. Yeah, I'm just a walking picture book. <laughs> <laughs> But they are, they're magical and they sort of, um, you know, they're comfort for kids and their memories later on down the track because I have good memories of that series as well. Yeah, there was a really good series and the storytelling that he incorporated into it was something that I really admired. Like he fits in a whole story. Mm. Well, those 32 pages and yeah. I thought, well, that might and, and character too like character is really well set up you know it's, it's yeah it's a it's a skill that I don't think you appreciate until you revisit picture books and then you try and write one <laughs> this will be easy and then 45 drafts later oh this is not that easy actually <laughs> but you keep and that's that's the thing you just got to keep chipping away don't oh you? absolutely absolutely Dana what's your story why picture books for you it was when Samari, we were talking, it was quite similar in the fact that I never thought I'd ever be a writer or anything like that. And then I had little rhymes come to me when I was in the shower and then took ages to take them seriously. It's just the shower is a magical place. Mm-hmm. And um, and then I eventually started writing things down. And then it was my mum randomly gave me a thing, a cutout, a saying, oh, here's a picture book workshop at a local library. And that was the spark. That was the dawning that this could actually be something and this is something that people do. These books don't just appear out of nowhere. And um, and then it just sort of came on from there. I also liked the thought, the thought of picture books was that I could work with other people and be this little creative team. For some reason that was a big draw card for me, that it wasn't just going to be about my writing because I thought, geez, just me. But thought, oh, well, hang on, if there's an illustrator and everyone working together, how cool would that be to make this little magical book. Yes, Thanks. that was definitely uh, definitely something that I was inspired to do. Just when you're saying, you know, having that team and that that collaborative product at the end of it, it's so much easier to back yourself, I think, when you've created this, this price. It's not just the story. You're not just marketing yourself. You're marketing this product that everyone's put their work and love into. And, yeah, that that is very special. I love mm. that about picture books. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting that you both had a mother and a grandmother push you in that right direction because sometimes, like I said, we don't see the things in ourselves that other people see in us. So it's really nice that you've had you know, those people pushing you in the right direction. I want to ask you a question about rhyme or prose. I mean, I know you've written your books in a certain way, but how how do you go, Samaria, rhyme or prose? Rhyme. Rhyme. Tell, tell me why. Um, thoughts naturally come to me in rhyme. Um, I took part in the AWC Writing Picture Books course earlier in the year and each each week you're basically assigned this, you know, this task and, and you submit it every week and a majority of it was requested in prose. Definitely gravitate towards rhyme, but I'm trying to get better at prose. 
<laughs> it's interesting though is it that you lean towards one or the other and I think it might lend itself to the story too you know depending on the story you're trying to write but I I do I always thought prose would be easier but I find prose more difficult as well what about you Dana yeah I find prose harder but <laughs> and then I think I haven't written in rhyme for about a year now and then I'm so determined to keep the prose going because the buzz that I get from that, it feels like some miracle has happened because the concept has to be amazing. So many things. It, it just has to work so much harder than a rhyming story in my head anyway. And so if I can nail prose, I feel like I've achieved some greatness. It's just, um, it's crazy. It's so hard. Um, but the buzz is there. I love how illustrators create their own stories sort of side by side to yours. And so, you know, you're writing your story and then they bring in these other elements and you get the illustrations back and you think, oh, I never would have seen it that way. Or there's this old own little thread going or something a little bit extra. What surprised you or delighted you, Samaria, about working with an illustrator when you got the illustrations back? What were your first thoughts? It's, it's mind blowing, isn't it, Donna? <laughs> <laughs> It really is. It's very special. The, probably the, the greatest thing was how Ruth Mary turned them into tigers because I based the story on my own experience. Of course, in my head, they're pretty much my son and my daughter, you know. <laughs> so when she came back and I think she, Mary got her to do up a few different animals. There was bunnies and cats and, um, but the tigers were adorable. So it was mm. exciting to see non-human characters and then also she's added in little things like if you take a look through the pages she's given a little teddy to the baby so little little things like that that Ruth Mary really put the attention to detail in so Teddy has an appearance on most of the pages mm. where Teddy follows along. Donna what was it like with you um, getting your illustrations back for the first time in your stories? It was really interesting because Anna is from Russia and so we just had an Australian books I guess Australian farms so we had to adjust like a, a truck make it a little less European looking and making it a little bit more Australian my favorite memory from ham so that's a big pig and my favorite spread as well it came through in color and he's showing off his backside because it's in the text and my eye was drawn to a particular part of his backside <laughs> and I thought how do I email Mary the, <laughs> creative director and say can we make it less noticeable I thought this is nuts how do I have a job where I'm saying can we make it less noticeable? oh the but butt the butt less noticeable yeah the actual middle oh. and so it's my the middle of the butt I, yeah, and I thought this email is going to be weird, but Mary put on the chin. She knew exactly what I was talking about. She's like, already done, already sorted, and it's um, and it's my favourite spread, and I've even got it as a postcard, like a promotional postcard. So I'm, I'm going to have to go back and have a look at that spread now. Yeah, you'll notice it now. <laughs> I bet I will. That is hilarious. <laughs> now, as we're talking about, you know, picture books do take, um, you know, a number of reworks and drafts and thinking in the shower and all those kind of things. What were you like, Samari, getting feedback on your picture book? So you submit it, they're like, yeah, we're interested, and then you workshop it. So what was it like for you getting feedback? For me, I think because I was so fresh, I had zero clue I honestly did I I just came in as pretty much a blank slate and said here's what I've got any advice so 
I was extremely open to feedback um, through the whole process. I did a lot of editing with Rory um, mm-hmm. early on, which I think we edited for about a month back and forth. So you can imagine there was a fair few things that changed in that time. But no, I have never received feedback as yet that hasn't strengthened the story. Mm-hmm. Um, so feedback is something that I adore. Mm, no, I love that. I love it. It's all about you know, it is all about the story. And I love how you workshopped it with, you know, Rory. He always comes up in these podcasts. He just workshops with everyone. Tell me, Dana, tell me your relationship, your experience with feedback. Well, I think it's changed over the last couple of years. Um, Someone gave me some great advice of saying, just don't, maybe don't take too many different people's opinions because I had a critique, a couple of critique sessions and I had six different opinions and and it doesn't work well for me. Um, one or two people are great. And so, you know, if it was a rhyming story, I get Jackie Hosking's opinion, like everyone seems to. <laughs> and then um, and then I have a lady that I know that does a proper manuscript assessments. So, and I work with my stories for so long. I feel like I, I know them a lot before I'm ready to say, hey, what do you think? And I'm just very choosy with whose opinion I want to have. So it certainly wasn't like that a couple of years ago, but I, I like working like that now. And um, but, but I'll still do plenty of manuscript assessments at conferences and, mm-hmm. and get their feedback. And that's probably the most confusing feedback from publishers. Um, and you just have to let that sit with you for a couple of days. But critique groups, it, it just is so overwhelming for me and I don't know whose advice to take because mm-hmm. um, it can vary so much. Mm, absolutely it's interesting to take everybody's feedback but it is hard because you get all this feedback and think well what do I do with all now yeah what do I, I can't implement it all what do I do with it now now neither of you are sort of set out to be writers but you had this really nice journey where it came about for you and it happened so Samaria why do you write because the stories come into my head now does that make sense yeah absolutely you've let them come in Exactly. I think much like what Dana said earlier, it took her a while to sort of take those ideas seriously um, and to to manifest them into something real and and to pursue that. So I write because it feels good to be creative. Um, I write to get the opportunity to work with other authors and other amazing people. Um, And it's just, yeah. It's just life, isn't it? Mm, absolutely. Just write what comes to your head. I love it. And what about you, Dana? Why do you write? Yeah, similar and and the buzz when when it clicks, it just is the nicest feeling, and it's a feeling of purpose and self worth if you want to go that far. But just to do your little creative bit and put it there, and that it's a wonderful feeling. Um, and that'll keep me going through the, the months of the droughts of um, <laughs> travels and writing to go, oh, no, hang on, that buzz will come again. Mm. Yeah, you got to trust it, don't you? you got to trust that it's going to come again. It wasn't a one-off. <laughs> yeah. It's been so lovely to not only finally chat to you on the podcast but to, you know, read all your books, which are so different from each other, and I love that, you know, you can get something different out of every picture book and there's a child who's going to love each of those picture books and that's what I like about them too is that they're so diverse as well. So thank you so much for sharing your journey and your experience in your books with the world. No thank problem. So Thanks, Danny. Thank you so much for having us on, Danny.
Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. We'd love to engage with you on social media. You can find the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Danny V Books Words and Nerds podcast. You can also subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Stay safe and read more books.